Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Even if you're not a father, this is for you. Uh, this is so important for the fathers. And we have some great fathers here at CWC. I shared it in the first service. Uh, Cisco, man, you are an amazing dad to your, to your kids. It, it, those fathers that are, you know, not just the stepfather, the fathers that stepped in. The way you stepped in to become a father. Manny, the way you stepped in. The way you've been there as an example. A man of God to your son. It's amazing. Uh, to the single fathers. and The way you, you lead your son. The way you guide him. It's amazing when I see single fathers coming in. Or when I see that strong single mother coming in. And raising your children. The way you do, Judy. The way you raise them up in the Lord. The way you have been both father and mother to your children. Miggy, the way you've done the same thing for your kids, and you've been that father influence, the mother influence as well. I applaud each and every one of you to be the fathers that you are to your children. And Dave Rodriguez is father that you are not just to your children, but to a generation as well. Um, powerful, really powerful. Um, if you would stand to your feet with me and turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis, I want to talk to you this morning about labels. And labels are, are, are both, can be good and they can be dangerous. I also want to welcome this morning uh, Brother Nuia and uh, I, I, his whole family is part of our worship team, major part of our church. And uh, Brother Nuia, we love you. Happy Father's Day to you. Uh, my brother, I don't have an envelope for you today. In the Samoan culture, you show honor with the envelopes. And uh, every time I see him, he asks me for an envelope. He goes, where's my envelope? <laughs> so a couple years back when we celebrated our 15th anniversary, I went out and took $100 and made it all in ones and had an envelope that was thick and uh, handed it to him. He got all happy until he saw that they were ones. <laughs> happy Father's Day to you. In Genesis chapter 32, we have a man that's been labeled by his father. His father valued one son over another. There was family conflict going on. And as this man that has become very successful, in fact, if this was in today's day and age, this man probably was an owner of his own company. He was operating in a publicly traded company that had major money coming in. He was driving a Bentley. He had mansions, property. He, he was doing well. This guy, he was dressed in Armani suits. He had anything a man could want. But he still didn't know who he was. And because he lacked identity, because he didn't deal with some issues of his past, he found that his brother was on his way to see him, and he had taken something from his brother earlier on. And he comes to find out that his brother's coming to see him with 400 armed men. And he's scared to death. Listen. You can't hide your issues of yesterday. Eventually, the things that you've run away from will find you again. You can't ignore your past. You can't ignore things that you've left undone because they will eventually come hunt you down. And here he is. He finds himself at this moment. Verse 22 says, during the night. When was it? I want you to know that night times in our lives are very difficult. If you can get through the night seasons of your life, you will find 
breakthrough in the morning. And it says, During the night Jacob got up, took his two wives, two servant wives, and his eleven sons, and crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. And look at verse 24. This left Jacob what? Have you ever been in a place called alone? Where, where no, you call your friends and they don't answer you. You get on social media and no one responds. You, you get on the phone and no one's there. You go visit those people that said that they would be there and they're not there. He's in a place called alone. And the Bible says this left him all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see something. Before Jacob wrestled with this man, and theologians say that this man that he wrestled with is actually God himself, that he's literally wrestling with God. I want you to know that many of us have wrestled with ex-husbands. We've wrestled with ex-wives. We've wrestled with boyfriends, with girlfriends. We've wrestled with our bosses. We've wrestled with our mom and dad. We've wrestled with our, our, our husband, our wife. We've wrestled with other people around us trying to find out who we are. We wrestle with people with our identity. We get in arguments. We get in fights. We get in disagreements with people because we're constantly wrestling with individuals trying to find out who we are. But you'll never find out who you are wrestling with other people. your, Your family and friends can give you a name, but only God can give you an identity. Jacob wrestled with this identity, and he had, and listen, he has money, he has wealth, he has, hus- he has wives, he has children, he has possessions, but he still doesn't know who he is. Money does not identify you. A marriage does not identify you. Children do not identify you. It's not until you find out who you are will you unlock your destiny. He's successful on the outside, lacking on the inside. And I want you to understand that your identity, somebody say identity. Your identity will unlock your destiny. It's not until you know your identity will you find your destiny. And many of us are searching and we're fighting and we're trying to determine who are we, where are we, and trying to identify something. It's not until you find your identity that you will begin to unlock your destiny. And a father, I want you to understand this, a father's identity, a father's responsible for three things. Whether your father was active in your life or not, a dad is responsible for three things. Father's responsible for your identity. A father's responsible to provide provision. And a father's there to provide protection as well. When, 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 when I would travel, my wife's main concern was the family's protection. And we lived in Manteca. I was out on tour with Master's Commission. And someone ended up uh, banging on the door. And she freaked out. And she, she's calling, called Pastor Josh. And Pastor Josh came over our house, parked outside the house. Big Samoan dude parked outside our house. Stayed there till morning watching over my family. To make sure that they were okay. Because he has a father's heart. Not just for not my, just for his kids. But for the family in general. For other families. That's what a father does. Now I want you to notice what John Maxwell says. Listen closely. You are not who you think you are. You are not what others 
think you are. You are what the most important person in your life thinks you are. Now that could be good and bad. And it's good in the sense that if you have high value for God, then you start looking at yourself through the eyes of God and you are who God says you are. But if you, young lady, have some joker as a boyfriend that beats you, that puts you down, that is always attacking you, and yet you have high value for him, you'll put more value into what that joker thinks of you than what God thinks of you. Because we all have labels placed on our lives. And as parents, we got to be careful because we did this. Jazzy was the stubborn one. Jesse was the extremely loving one. And Jacqueline's the crazy one. That's just their labels. Yet Jazzy had that ability through her, her what we called stubbornness. She had an ability to survive. Been living on her own has a job, has her own place here in the Silicon Valley, doing some things, making things happen, never wanting to come back home because of her independence, that stubbornness. She has an ability to survive. She has an ability to move beyond. And what could be a positive can also become a negative. Now, we all have labels, and many times these labels are assigned to us by our fathers. But I want you to, I have a question for you really quickly. Question number one, I want all of you to answer your, ask yourself this question. What labels did you have as a child? What labels were given to you when you were a child, and how did those labels affect your decisions? Because there's times that right or wrong, good or bad, we've been given labels that really don't describe who you're supposed to be. And so people that had no right labeling you labeled you. And they gave you a label that you got found yourself trying to live up to, whether it was good or bad. That's not who God had in mind for you, but you started living according to that label of an addict, of a problem child, of a stubborn person, of never amounting to anything. And we have labels that have been assigned to us that God never, uh, never had intended for us. But Jacob had a label. He was called by his father, Jacob, which meant trickster, or it also meant deceiver. Now, his father gave him that name. Now, in, in the Jewish culture, when you name someone, you were not just giving them a name. You were describing what their future was. Parents, when we give, give our kids a name, we want to choose a good name. We want to make sure that name doesn't rhyme with something that the kid's going to grow up with always getting picked on. Right? And many of you, all the, all the parents here, think how long it took you to, to name your children. How they came out with Goloko, I don't know. <laughs> How did you guys come up with Goloko? Oh, your mom. Okay, then that's a good name. <laughs> My bad. Now, Upu is named after your grandfather. Another good name. Let's get. Let's go on. Jacob had a label, but he also had a promise. Let me try this side. Jacob was given a label of trickster or deceiver, but God also had a promise for his life. 
And many of you have been given a label by people that have no right to give you a label. Listen, if they didn't create you, they shouldn't label you. Because only the one that created me has the right to label me. And we've allowed people to give us a label that didn't create you, didn't form you, didn't put you together. My, my daughter bought me this shirt for Father's Day. And so as I'm putting it on, I'm noticing as my wife ironed it, it says the gap. Because the gap made it, they have a right to put their label on it. Now, if no one, if that person didn't create you, they have no right to label you. That teacher at school, that, per, that principal at school, that co-worker, that boss does not have a right to place a label on you because they did not create you. God's purposes will always supersede, always supersede your labels. Now, now let me take you, let me ask you a second question. Have you ever wrestled with your identity and wanted to change your direction? I was always known growing up as the problem child. My, my parents got to the point they didn't know what they were going to do with me. And I wasn't, I wasn't hooked on drugs. I wasn't into alcohol, but I was rebellious. I, was, I, I had a smart mouth. I've always had a... a, a no, just stop right there, okay? And so... I was always giving my parents such a tough time, and I remember there was a time my aunt called my mom. And I was in high school at the time. I was, I had, my first two years of school, I, I totally flunked out. I had to go to school full-time, at this school, full-time, in the day and night for the last two years of high school in order to graduate on time. But during that time, my mom got a phone call from my aunt, and my aunt said this, don't worry about your son. I was just praying, and the Lord told me that he's going to become a pastor. That's when I was in a fresh, uh, a sophomore in high school. And I was like, Pastor? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I heard my mom saying that. and she, she was saying that to try to declare over my life and everything. I ain't going to become no pastor. In fact, I was ready to go to the Air Force. I had already prepared myself to go into the military. That's where I was going because I didn't like anyone telling me what to do. The way we think, I ain't going to tire of your rules. I'm going to go to the military. <laughs> and I wrestled with my own identity. But I need you to understand that we empower people that we value. Let me say that again. We empower people that we value. And listen, many of you are valuing people that have no value for you. And until you start changing your mentality and who you value in life, you're never going to change your own personal identity or the labels that have been placed on you. I love what Chris Valentin says. He says that identity is based on impartation, not education. You don't learn who you are through a book. You are given identity through an impartation of God's love, of God's reality, and God's presence in your life. Now, I want you to notice something about him. His brother with 400 men are coming, and so he's, he's at this point of crisis. I want you to know crisis creates opportunity. Crisis creates opportunity. Many of us freak out when a crisis come up, but the very crisis you're going through will create an opportunity for God to show up and change your destiny. 
He, he goes to Jabok, and Jabok, the name literally means a place of pouring out or a place of wrestling. We, we, you're never going to change your life if you continue to walk around full of yourself. You have to get to, you have to have a Jabok experience where you pour yourself out. A place where you start wrestling with not your, not your brother, not your sister, not your mom, not your dad, that you wrestle with God. And he sends his family away and he finds himself all alone. And when he gets there, he gets to this place called alone and God's there. God's there in this place called alone. And when he gets there, I want you to understand how many of you have ever been in a place where you find yourself all alone? Where you call someone and they don't, they're not there. You, you reach out, you call your pastors, they're on vacation. They're, you call your, your, your friends and they're, they're not answering. And you put on Facebook, I need prayer, and no one responds. And they don't even like and not even a sad face on there. And you're, you're, you tweet it and no one, no one responds to it. And you begin to feel like you're in this place where everyone is ignoring you or a place where no one even knows what you're going through. I need you to understand that it is important to find those places called alone. Because God encounters don't happen in crowds. you got to learn to get alone. Sometimes God is isolating you so that God can get you in a place where he can talk to you, where he can show you who you really are, where God can get you in a place. You know, you're wondering, do you understand that those people that are moving out of your life aren't moving out of your life because you did something wrong. They're moving out of your life because God wants to take you to another level. He wanted more than what he was born with. And I don't know about you. Listen, I was reading even in my journaling this morning how Elijah looks at Elijah and says, before you go, I want, a double, I want double what you got. In this day and age, I was raised to say, you know what? You never ask for double of anything. You don't even ask for more food when you're at someone's house. You don't ask for anything. You go, go to someone. They offer you, just say, no, thank you. Even though you're dying inside and you need a drink, no, thank you, I'm fine. Would you like more food? No, thank you. I'm, I'm good. And you, you just, you never did that. But I read this and I see a man that had an opportunity that said, yeah, I don't want just what you got. I want double what you, it's time to get greedy in the spirit. It's time to say, I want even more than what you have. I want double of what you have. I want double blessing, double anointing, double outpouring upon my life, upon my children. I don't want my kids to survive. I want them to have double what I had in my lifetime. Somebody say amen. So I want you to see something that he begins to wrestle with this man, and we find out that this man is God. He's wrestling with them. Listen, some of you are expending too much energy fighting with people instead of fighting with God. And he, he's wrestling with God. I, I, how does that look? How does that happen? I don't know. Dude's wrestling with God. And the Bible says he's prevailing. And I really believe it's because God is letting him win. You know, my daughter, when, 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 we, they, when my daughters were young, they would come and they would, they, they couldn't say, we used to call kisses besitos. But they couldn't say besito, they say tito. Daddy, tito, daddy. And so when Jazzy would sit on my lap and she would want to kiss, I would fight with her. No, I'd move away. Or Jesse, same thing, I would move. And they, they would, it, it, I wanted them to pursue me. And to the point that they would grab my face 
and they would hold my face in their hands and they would put their face right in front of me and then they would say this, Daddy Tito, Daddy Tito. And they would put their lips right on my face and they would kiss me because they were, and I, I would fight with them. I would act like I, would, I wasn't interested and I'd pull away and they'd pull me right back in. And the, it was so great to have them pursue. Would you do that again today, babe? <laughs> Come on, Tito, Daddy. There was something about having my kids pursue me. God wants you to wrestle with him. God wants you to go after him. And it was in this wrestling match he had with God that God tells him this, what's your name? In other words, what label has someone placed on your life? He says, my name is Jacob. I'm a trickster. I'm a deceiver. I know who I am. I know my weaknesses. I know my... He admitted who he was before God. He didn't try to cover it up. Stop trying to cover up who you are. God knows your failures. God knows your mess-ups. God knows the things that you're messed up on and then he says this my name's Jacob trickster and God says this listen your name's not Jacob anymore I'm giving you a new identity from this day forward in other words not just a new identity I'm giving you a new destiny your name will no longer be Jacob your name will be Israel you will not be a deceiver you will be the prince of God come on somebody say amen Omaha if you could you could help me I want you to notice what takes place here Something, something changes. As he's wrestling, God says, okay, I blessed you. You told me not to let you go until you bl- I blessed you. I blessed you now. Now, let me go. And he still wouldn't let go. So God touches his hip. This shows me that God allowed him to win. Because God just taps his hip and his hip goes out of joint. Just touch. And that, he gets up. His hip's messed up. It's out of joint. To this day, the Bible says that the Jews won't eat that hip socket in an animal because of what happened to Jacob. But what what happens when Jacob goes walking to see his brother? He notices that his brother is walking different. Listen to me. Don't tell me you had an encounter with God if you're still walking the same way. Because when you have an encounter with God, everyone notices there's a change in your walk. Everyone notices that there's a limp now. There's a different walk, and I'm not talking gangster. Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, you know. Not what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a different way we walk when you've had a God encounter. When God encounters you, he changes the way you walk. When God touched my life, I, I changed how I walked. And some of us have had an encounter with religion, but we haven't had an encounter with God. And how do I know that we've had an encounter with religion? Is because we're still walking the same way we did before. But we, we have an encounter with God. It changes the way I walk. It affects every aspect. I need you to understand that stop wrestling like Jacob. Jacob wrestled with his father-in-law. You changed my, my wages. He wrestled with his wife. He wrestled with his brother. He wrestled with his mom and his dad. Stop wrestling with people that can do nothing for your label. You're fighting with the wrong people. 
My last question to you as we close is this. What can you do today to empower you for tomorrow? What choices can you make today to change your tomorrow? What decisions can you make today to change your tomorrow? You see, I need you to understand, outside God, you will never find your true identity. When you don't know your identity, your your destiny will never be revealed to you. And it's important that if you want to know, what do I do? We we were just talking recently with my daughter. She's trying to figure out, my my youngest, what am I going to do in life? What, What was I created for? What's my purpose? And many of us are looking for purpose. I can't give her her purpose. I can't give her identity. I can give her a name. And that name we gave her, we, she has a name. But her identity and her purpose, her direction, her destiny comes from God alone. If you're lacking destiny or purpose in your life, it's time to start wrestling with God. Stop wrestling with yourself and wrestle with God. Bow your heads this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.